Welcome to the Let It Rip podcast. On the February 2nd edition, we tackled police brutality and police reform. We had the former police chief of Detroit talking about what needs to be done and some other voices, too, with some unique perspectives. And with that, let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip, a violent and deadly arrest reigniting calls for police reform. After talks fell apart in the Senate in the wake of George Floyd's murder, the White House and Congressional Black Caucus are trying to figure out how to address it again. But with a divided Congress, will anything get done? And what should be done? We're tackling it all tonight. Time now to let it rip. The killing of Tyree Nichols has dominated headlines across the country and re-sparked a conversation we've had several times in this country when it comes to police reform, a conversation that some people are tired of having, but without change, something more needs to be said and done. So what can we do and what should be done? Michigan National Action Network political director Sam Riddle and retired assistant Detroit police chief Steve Dolant are here tonight to offer their perspective. As always, Fox 2 attorney and uh, anchor Charlie Langton is here as well. We thank you gentlemen for joining us let's begin with what's going on right now uh, with this talk of police reform uh, we have two guests with us today who have a lot to say about this but let's talk about those officers the five officers involved in memphis they were trained in de-escalation they were recruited to add diversity black police officers they were wearing body cams all things that had been asked uh, in the past to change all of those things were checkmarked but at the end a guy was beaten to death what do yeah. you make of that, sir? Well, number one thing, let's understand something. This is far beyond police re reform. First of all, the, is, the system is not broken. The system is doing what it was designed to do, What's that? which was to oppress, put in a state of fear, black folks from the early history of the enslavement of black folks, slave chasing, which is the foundation of law enforcement in many respects. That's what they were about the business of doing, just as ancestors before them aided and abetted white slave chasers. Their duty was to instill fear. If you can't do that, then kill, but keep the natives and the enslaved in check and keep order. That's what but Sam, law but Sam, order. let's talk about the officers involved. We're talking about five African-American police got officers. I that. That's what they I know did. you know that, but my question is. During slavery. I, but Sam, I also understand that, but I'm saying these officers were trained in de-escalation. They had body cams, all things that were demanded of officers in the past. These things were done. Why do we still have this institution? Because they've, uh, they've adopted the value system of white supremacists. White supremacist values are, are what dominated the behavior pattern of those that look like us, but are not of us. We see these jack leg handkerchief heads all the time running around the community. Steve, you were actually on uh, another channel talking a little bit about this topic, and yes. uh, you were talking a little bit about why it is you think this is going on, and somebody said to you, you know what, this was police officer bonding. You resent the fact that someone could even begin to think this way. First of all, I want you to address that. Secondly, what is it that can be done to begin the process of reform? Well, first of all, I don't think it's bonding. It's a criminal action. It's not about wrong, a violation of police policy. They committed a criminal act. Um, was the intent to kill somebody? No. The intent was to do great bodily harm, less than murder. You're going to beat the hell out of the guy to show them who the hell they were. Body cams, be damned. They didn't care. And cameras everywhere, and they didn't care. And, and they beat that poor man to death. And there's no excuse for that. That's criminal. And granted, and you guys are attorneys, you know that they'll get separate trials and all that stuff. And your act is less egregious than this one. And, and they'll work something out. It is what it is. Now, 
The culture has to change. I get that most officers that are in plain clothes in most major departments are the hard chargers. They are. They go out there and look for the bad guy, and unfortunately, they get the culture like, I can do what I want. I'm That's a badass. Right. That's right. And you can't, and the body cams show that. You can't do that. And these five individuals, I'm a badass. So, so is that, Charlie, when you take a look at this situation as it is right now and they say, look, we need more training, you look at Australia. The police officers in Australia get 3,500 hours of training to become a police officer. In Germany, it's 4,000. The average in the U.S. is 600 hours of training. Is that enough to make someone culturally and otherwise sensitive to understanding what they're doing? I'm not saying the cops, maybe maybe they need some more training, but these cops here in Memphis, they're criminals. Absolute, I have talked to so many cops in the last couple of days. I have not found one cop to support what they did. Now they'll get their due process and maybe one is more culpable than the other, but the bottom line here is that they went way over what they were supposed to do. No training in this world would justify what they do. This was a reckless driving charge? Are you kidding me? A traffic charge? This man should have lived, and these cops will pay whatever degree, they can cut a deal, whatever they want. They're criminals, and there's no yep. question in my mind. Absolutely. Zero. I don't know, if, Sam, if I'm going so far, it's because of some inherent, that, that these five black officers are somehow, they become white supremacists in no, the process. That is the damn but thing. I think that's what you're saying. Because you you're saying these black cops are white supremacists. Hold on. Hold on. You want to stop at the level of the police officers. That police chief is also culpable because Why on can't you say watch, these are five bad cops, period? No, it's beyond that. Sam, it's how the system the Charlie, was. Sam, Charlie, five Charlie, bad the cops. Charlie, they were empowered Charlie, by the system cannot, to beat and kill. If, if we don't know for a fact that that's not true, we can't dispute it because there is something in the culture that in this situation in Memphis that needed to change. Look, four out of these five officers in Memphis were reprimanded for not reporting uh, some use of force use that they had force. before. They were Correct. reprimanded. Another four out of the five officers were reprimanded for not reporting damage to one of their cars. These folks and the department, in many ways, they were complicit in That's allowing this point. to continue to happen. And the chief of police is culpable. Nice lady, CJ. Looks great on TV. But when we look at the fact that her behavior pattern in Atlanta was such that she actually got bounced from the police department there. When we look at the red dog unit, when we look at the reality that we're dealing with a situation where the system is not broken, the system is doing what well, it was designed I, to do, Sam. which is oppress poor and black people all, and to keep them in order. Sam, with all due respect, no, I have not seen that, or heard a lot of other officers in Memphis supporting what their fellow officers did. They These were unable to kill cops, and beat. Period. They were unable to Done. kill and beat. Their behavior was clear. This was it a was scorpion so what do you do when you have a situation where you say this stuff dates back hundreds of years and you sit back and you look at a system that's broken there are some people, hold on a second, okay. some people who say, we gotta go defund the police, and we heard that cry. Then you heard people reverse that, saying, no, we need more funding. Even those who said they should defund the police are now saying, are you kidding I'm not me? Defund more. The police I understand, but what then is the answer to a systemic issue in which we keep seeing the symptom flare up in Memphis, in Minneapolis, and anywhere else in Minnesota? What is the answer? Where do you begin? We must redefine what it means to serve and protect. 
You know, when Reverend Al Sharpton, the founder of my organization, which I'm political director in Michigan, the National Action Network, talked about why this doesn't happen in the white community vis-a-vis -vis what happens in the black community, it's because our humanity has been denied. We are easy to beat and kill because we're not viewed as human beings. We weren't when the United States Constitution was drafted. Steve Dolan, when you hear this, what goes through your mind? I've heard this before. And uh, I don't necessarily agree with you because I don't care if you're black or white. If you break the freaking law, I'm going to lock your ass up. That's me. It just happens more to black folks. Well, oh, slow down. No, I'm not going to slow uh, down. I know you're not going to slow down. America has to slow uh, down. Uh, uh, I got it. Most of your major metropolitan areas are predominantly minority, correct? Yes, yes or no? Well, you mean, yeah. okay, I'm just well, asking. I said, yeah. Okay, wait a minute. No, I let you it's talk. Steve, okay. go ahead. Make yeah. that point. Me, I, point. I, I understand it's poverty ridden, and a lot of your major cities are poverty ridden, and and they are minority. Uh, a majority of them are minority, and the police department is trying to become more reflective of that. So we have to change the culture. We can go back a hundred years. We can do all that. We can, and. I don't necessarily agree that police departments started as slave catchers because they started in freaking England as bobbies. Steve, I got to ask you a question, though. When you take a look at the situation in Memphis right now and you say, OK, we have this problem uh, in which obviously these officers who were black beat to death this man. At the end of the day, when you say, look, we have uh, kind of un disproportionate amount of crime in these major metropolitan areas. And yes, many of them are minorities or most of them in the case of poverty. Isn't that more reason to dedicate more resources to these police departments so that they understand how to address It's a catch-22 because there are um, people in, in the minority community that want the police, the law-abiding people. They want it. Yeah. However, they don't want, and I've been told, we don't need a white army coming in, right? Or what, a bunch bad of, black army. Okay, well, either way, they don't want an army coming in there and violating their rights. And what we need to do is change our culture and say, look, everyone, no matter what your color, race, religion, whatever, has to be treated equally. But, but hey, look, please when you look understand. at 2020, when you look at 2020, hardly any panes of glass were broken in the city of Detroit, hardly any attacks on police at all. There were people who were praising community policing and Chief Craig's efforts to bring about the kind of systemic change that's needed. Sam, when you took a look at what happened in Detroit in 2020, it was a pretty, it was a model for what could have happened across the country. Do you give credit to the How did that, how did that eliminate the, the poverty? See, you can't talk poverty, about, but I'm you can't talk about eliminating the violence in urban America, Detroit or Memphis, without eliminating the poverty, without eliminating the illiteracy, without having structured black families again. We're in a total disarray in terms of the black family. But do you think community yeah, policing works? Point. It can't work in isolation without a holistic approach. You can't talk about training the police if you're not talking about training black mothers. But that's so a that very big employable. topic than just police. It's a big yeah, it's damn a big issue. Topic. You're damn so, right. Charlie, I want to ask yeah. you a question about the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. It's been around for a year and a half. It's hit the House floor twice. It was passed. The Senate denies it. They say, no, we don't want to touch it. The president is saying we have to do something more. There's three things it does. It lowers criminal intent standards to convict police officers. It also limits immunity as a defense in civil cases. 
Police have been protected by immunity for a long time. This act says, hey, let's soften that a bit. Will it work? No. Why? Uh, because uh, immunity, cops should have immunity, but it's qualified immunity. Those, uh, those, uh, those officers in Memphis, no immunity. They're not getting immunity because they were grossly negligent. So no immunity is going to protect those people. It's the, it's the cops that are doing their job. If they make a decision, and it may not be the right decision, they should get immunity. Remember, who pays these judgments, by the way? If you get a big, giant judgment against a little police force, it's the taxpayer. No, what a bunch immunity of crap. is good. What a bunch Not of crap. Not a jury to say. This crap. We, go, need, go Sam. we need Sam. Sam, you want immunity more than anything. I'm saying let a jury decide. If Sam, the cops do wrong, Sam, it's why, good. Why, Charlie, look. Why and how should you do that? Well, first of all, at the state level, right now, Governor uh, Whitmer, okay, her words do not match her deeds, which are always short, especially when it comes to black folks. See, we have a deep class divide in black America, in Michigan, and in Detroit. All are not the same because all don't have the same resources. Now you have a Democratic majority. That's and I, my point is, so why what can don't we do? have residency? Why doesn't Joe Tate, take leadership, Joe, and not from Gretchen, take leadership, Joe Tate, and immediately move to reestablish residency for police officers. Uh, uh, Sam, are you saying those cops in should be sued? Sam, 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 let's talk about the immunity issue. Sam, Sam. preps for a national run. Sam. Those cops in Memphis, are you supporting those cops? Hell they should no. be sued, Hell shouldn't no. they? Hell they absolutely no. should be sued. But I'm not you agree with that? What enabled them, they which was the misleadership. We only have about. I want to give the former, the, the former Memphis police officer, the last word on this, and it's about the residency. We've heard this argument before. We've seen cities where it works. We've seen cities where it doesn't. If this House, this Senate here in Michigan decides to do something in order to enact that, will that help? Start chipping away at the problem, Steve. You'll lose a lot of police officers because the school system in Detroit is broke. And there, the officers, yes. it is. It is. And uh, your officers are going to probably need more money or whatever because they have to send their kids to a private school because unfortunately the, school, the, the, the system's broke. So you'll lose initially some officers and they'll go to other agencies. Let them go. But Sam, can you afford that right now in the city of Detroit to have fewer officers? Let them go. What can, you, can you afford we that? Can, we can train our own police to take care of business here. Right now, Detroit is a plantation. That's well, all it is. No, we can't get enough qualified people from Detroit to apply. We you, got, you look we, at those. We, we've got qualified. No, we've got we not enough. Come there on, are Sam. Openings all over the place well, we here. Know that, not only Detroit, but other cities. We know, that, we know that the job market in policing is tight right now because a lot of people don't want to sign up for the job. Everyone knows they it. Black use or white. Detroit is a Sam Riddle on the other better paying job. I want to say come here and pimp and play. Sam, it's good to see you again. Thank you for joining us back here on Let It Rip. Thank nice you, to see you again. And Charlie, Steve, thank always you. a pleasure. Charlie and I are back on the other side of the break. It's one thing for us to debate this, but it's another thing when you are actually the top cop. A former Detroit police chief is joining us next to give his perspective. We are just getting started here on Let It Rip. Don't go anywhere. Back now, Let It Rip, continuing our talk about police reform in our country. Former Detroit Police Chief Ralph Godby and Detroit News Assistant Editorial Page Editor Caitlin Bosser here with us now. And, of course, Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton is with us as well. Thank you all for being with us today. Let's pick up the discussion right where it is. This is too important for us not to get all of these perspectives. Okay, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, it's been around for a couple of years, hasn't gotten a lot of uh, pickup in terms of the Senate or Republicans embracing this. But one of the things it says, uh, as we talked about, is training on racial profiling and implicit bias training. 
Ralph Godby, you ran the police department here in Detroit. How important are those elements, and could those have stopped some of the recent killings we've seen? Short answer is probably no. And the reason why I say that is, is because the police culture is so ingrained. Uh, I don't have the um, the energy to say it the way Sam did, uh, but you have to look at a very corrupted culture and its approach towards policing in uh, disenfranchised and marginalized communities. You can't train out implicit bias. You can't train out um, racism and prejudice. So you have to put guardrails in place. So the George Floyd Policing Act, uh, I think it's the floor. It's definitely not the ceiling. But we have to start to put mechanisms in place to control behavior. There are 18,000 police departments in this country. So training alone is not going to turn that big ship around. It's going to take uh, both and, not either or. You're talking about limiting immunity as a defense in civil cases. Caitlin Buss, when you see that and you hear that, can that do the trick? I tend to agree with Charlie on this. I, I, I don't think that taking away that qualified immunity is, is helpful. I mean, like we said, there was gross negligence in this case. In most of the cases that have sparked outrage, it's been something similar. So I don't think that qualified immunity is the policy that's the problem. I mean, we need that to protect. We need police. We, we need them regardless of these obvious problems. And they need to be able to make those decisions that are life and death. And they're in, they're in difficult situations. How discouraging is it to see that these five officers that were involved were trained in de-escalation, had by Body cams. These are five black officers that were on the force. If you look at the boxes that were checked and then see the result, as a black former police chief, what goes through your mind? Well, that's why we have, have to have a more nuanced conversation about police brutality. Um, there are two different ways that we police in America. The way we police in poor, disenfranchised communities, which tend to be, unfortunately, uh, more minority leaning, and then there's a way we police in affluent communities. If you look at no-knock warrants, about 85% of them happen in areas that are black and brown. Um, there's severe economic distress in those areas. You don't see them in Gross Point. You don't see them in Harper Woods. You don't see them in more affluent communities. There's a level of trauma that's left in those communities. Those are the conversations we need to have, and, and they don't have to be hyper-partisan conversations. These things are white paper researched. Um, it's understood the level of trauma that black people face when they see red and blue lights. It's different for black people than it is for white Americans. Charlie, Minnesota, Memphis, you just see this story, this movie unfold every single time. And then the legislatures at the state level talk about changes. And then at the federal level, and nothing, almost nothing has happened. Are you discouraged by that as well? No, murder has been a crime forever. Ever. And yet we report on murders every day. You can't stop it. You, you can discourage it. You can learn from it. And I think these five officers here in Memphis, I have not found anybody to support them. And I actually think that the police department um, could say, we don't want to be like these people. Those are not us. It's it's us. We go we go through training here sure. about sensitivity training that type of thing inherent bias. We have it we have it here in our television station. The cops should have that too. Training is fine. Nobody's going to get hurt from training. I think what really I'm going to talk about real police reform. Pay these cops more money. Get them into the schools so they can educate students and just get them, just pay them more. I think that would be the real. But Charlie, help for Ralph, go ahead. I think that's an oversimplification, and I'll tell you why. Um, even though the assistant chief disagreed with um, Sam, 
the, the foundation of policing, the first, and I taught criminal justice at Wayne County Community College as an adjunct professor, the foundation of policing in America, the first organized police departments were slave patrols. And their job was to make sure that black people were um, corralled through fear, violence, and intimidation. Um, we don't have chattel slavery when anymore. When was that? When was that? Fear, violence, when? and intimidation. When? What year was that? Oh, that was um, in the 1800s. Ago? 1800s. But Charlie, what about now, but Charlie, Chief, it's it, now? it's institutionalized, and you can have one good police department. You can have five good chiefs, but if you got 18,000 police officers, that the foundation, anything that you build on a bad foundation, is subject to fall. So what? if you don't address when? the culture and the corrupt culture of policing. It doesn't, and we blame, the, we blame the police officers far too much. This is the political will of chiefs, of mayors, of boards of police commissioners, and those in Washington, D.C. that have the political will to take it out of the conversation of black versus white alone and, and address systemic institu institutional racism. Until you look at it from that standpoint, we're going to have this conversation. We're going to have uh, tons more of trending hashtags. Well, uh, what's different, though, mm. Ralph, and I want to bring uh, Caitlin into the fold here. What, what's different in Detroit? Because this is Detroit, and we're talking about Memphis, and we're talking about Minnesota. And then you see Detroit in 2020. Was that a snapshot of how well things can be done relative to community policing? I think, you know, James, former police chief James Craig deserves some credit for, for handling that. I mean, it really, we didn't see Detroit burn. But, um, you know, this, this idea that it's either law enforcement or racism, it, it's both. I mean, there has to be reform. And I haven't, heard, I haven't ever spoken to a black male who has ever said they're not afraid when they get pulled over. And that's across status, you know, or a black mother who said the same thing about her son. Um, so we know that's true, and it has to be addressed, and it's not just black But people. hiring more black police officers and more people who reflect the community that they serve should be part of the answer. It is extremely well, discouraging to see to that be. these officers well, in Memphis be. were black, though. But there's a saying who in the black community, all, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Hmm. And if you don't change the system, but you just replace the people and they operate under the same laws, the same policies, the same procedures, the same training, the same culture, you keep doing the same thing the same way and expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. So it really, because look at Freddie Gray in Baltimore. Hmm. The majority of officers that were indicted, they were black. But the, the commonality is the victimology. So if you're going to solve any type of issue, you've got to look at it from the victim standpoint, the perpetrator standpoint, and the environment. Um, if you don't address those things, then you're really spinning your wheels. Immunity protects officers from a lot. Good officers. So do good officers, but sometimes bad officers. And also, unions can also help protect a system that needs some disruption. Do you think in this case, that some of the police unions, in, relative to the expungement, sometimes you know, there's an expungement issue. Uh, there's no national database of bad cops, bad officers. Why? Because the unions say we don't want that. Do you think that something needs to change with the way unions approach mm -hmm. how they look at this? Do they have I, a responsibility? I, do. I, I don't think disciplinary action has changed enough in the Detroit Police Department. I mean, there has been some improvements. There's, there's, you know, fewer instances that we're hearing about, but I don't think it's been reformed to the to the extent it needs to be. Do unions but, have but a you responsibility? Have, but you got to look at the labor environment. Caitlin, because um, I fired officers mm -hmm. as assistant chief, as deputy chief, as commander, made the recommendation, and arbitrators have overturned those and brought those same officers back.
back and embolden them. So we've got to look at the organizational structure of how we um, negotiate contracts, what role arbitrators have in overturning a chief or a board of police commissioners. And then something else that you have to look at and you cannot ignore is the fact that with all due respect to Chief Craig, 2020 was great. But we didn't have riots in 1992 after Rodney King. So you can credit that to Coleman Alexander Young and William Hart both rest in peace because they started the impetus and then the 1974 charter when it was changed it provided for civilian oversight so the difference in Detroit is we've had years of civilian oversight we've had years where the community has significant input and we came through um, uh, two federal consent judgments which I take great pride in the fact that when I took over as chief we were at like 20 percent compliance when I left regardless of the circumstances of why I left the department was at 90 percent. I handed the baton off to Chief Craig, and we're not under federal oversight. Caitlin, legislatively, what responsibility do politicians have in this right here in the state of Michigan? I think there's a lot of opportunity for reform. Patrick Loyola in Grand Rapids right. earlier this year, Whitmer completely has ignored that. You know, I haven't seen Lieutenant uh, Governor Garland Gilchrist take any real leadership there either, and I think it's a disappointment to the black community. What should they be doing? You know, investigating, investigating what's going on, getting rid of these bad actors, considering new policies, considering more training. I don't think the body cams seem to be having much impact, so maybe reassessing these ideas. Charlie, they apparently put into not. Place. The body cams were on these five officers as they were beating to pulp this poor man, Tyree Nichols. Yeah, they're great for investigation, cops, but they're not preventative. These cops in prison, and I think that's going to send a message to every other cop that if I'm going to start beating on you, I might think twice that my I knew one of those five cops and went to prison for what I am going to be doing, send a message, these are bad cops, put them in prison, and reward good cops. We're going to have a chance for our entire panel to have final thoughts. That's right after this. Stay with us. And now we're back. Final thoughts, Caitlin Buss. I think politicizing these events uh, has a real backlash, and that's my big concern, is that we see bigger crime, fewer encounters between police and civilians after these things, and um, we're seeing low morale and, and a departure from police, and we, and we do need them. So. Ralph Godby. We've got to restructure uh, the rules of engagement, specifically in, in traffic enforcement. Uh, the discretion that officers have and the unfettered amount of ability they have to just impede people uh, we've got to really revisit that because that's where the interaction starts. Charlie? I think you have to pay cops more and you have to get better cops and there are a lot of openings for police officers. If you want a, a good job, pay them more, I think we'll get good cops. These are cops are bad cops. Humanity is the most important thing in the world and if all of us in our respective jobs don't have it, we're not going to get anywhere with any legislation and I thank you, our panel, for joining us today. Charlie, as usual, good to see you. That does it for this edition of Let It Rip. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.